They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. and welcome to another episode of the Juan on Juan podcast. I'm your host, Juan. On this episode, we talked to Candice Frazier. I met Candice on social media. She is a transformation strategist. She helps people overcome trauma. She also has her own podcast as well. She has a very, very crazy, very dark story. And I believe everybody goes through depression at some point in their life. Whether it be mental, whether it be a chemical imbalance whether it be something i believe we all experience it some of us don't feel like talking about it because again of this dogma in society that if you say that there's something wrong with you you're you're crazy or you're insane or or people are afraid of the repercussions when it comes to talking about these things talking about mental health so today we're going to be talking about mental health wellness uh, resetting your groove is what candace calls it and I really love it. And her story, again, is very crazy. We're going to be doing other episodes together because this is just the beginning of her story. And we just break down the trauma that she went through in her life, what she did to overcome it, and how, how she's changed throughout the years and how she's able to maintain it. Because at the end of the day, it's all about loving yourself, right? So without further ado, this is Mental Health, Wellness, and Resetting Your Groove with Candice Frazier. Welcome to the show, Candice. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Thank you. How are you doing? You know, I, I hate that question. I hate when people ask me how <laughs> am I. <laughs> I'm it just, mirroring. It's, it's so weird. Like, oh, how are you? It's like, ah, you don't ever know what to say, right? It's like, well, I'm good. Uh, how are you? Or, yeah, I never did like that question. And there I go asking it, right? Right. Well, and here's the funny part. I have that same take when people ask me that, like, do you really want to know how I am? Because I'll probably blow your damn socks off. You're going to be like running away going, I shouldn't have asked that question. Yeah. But it's it's 
it, in the land of where I come from for coaching, it's part of building rapport and mirroring. It's it's telling the other person, I'm on the same page as you. So your critter brain calms down and doesn't come from this place of walls up like defense mode. So that's that's the social norm for that. But it's kind of funny. I bet in many other countries they don't they don't do that. So why in America do we keep falling the horse's ass in front of us? Is what I want. Yeah, to yeah. So. So today we're going to talk about wellness and some mental health, trauma, anxiety, depression, overcoming trauma. And we've been going back and forth. We had talked about it. You have your own podcast. You're mm-hmm. in the middle of writing a book or you've written your book already. You're also a, uh, a wellness coach. And I wanted to talk to you about that. And I want to ask you a few questions in regards to that because I don't, again, like I told you, and I mean, I'm honest, I've didn't really, I don't feel I had a bad life. I've turned out pretty well and there's always, it always seems that there's somebody way, way worse off than you when you think you have it bad. And so I wanted to start off with who is Candace Frazier? <laughs> who is Candace Frazier? Well, she's a very complex woman who is very tenacious, but also a caring, sensitive soul that has a huge passion for helping people understand that we aren't victims of anything that's happening, that we literally are consciously and unconsciously symbiotically creating these experiences that are actually being laid out by our belief system, which is something we kind of have no control over until we have awareness that we do, because this is something that happens when we're born, when we're conceived, it actually is when it starts. But I am someone that has overcome suicide, autoimmune illness, heart attack, <laughs> um, domestic violence, sexual trauma, you know, many, many years of abuse. And I have to say the worst abuser out of all of those people was my own damn self to myself. The self-abuse that I put myself through and allowed others to do because I didn't love myself um, and I didn't know how. So that was that's the big key I like to share with people is it's okay to be where you're at and doing what you're doing because you didn't know any better. But once you know better and you continue to do it, then shame on you. But we yes. all get put in this classroom of life, right? And I had a really shitty classroom growing up and through the years, but it really was like I say, and I put this in a lot of my posts to talk about my podcast. I talk about it to anybody that listen. It's how I loved myself. That's how I showed up in the world and how those in my world showed up for me. Because we're, I believe, this is my belief. You can have your belief, but this is mine. I believe we're mirrors of one another. And I am you, you are me. So if I'm loving me, then I'm capable of loving others. So I think that's where we have a lot of this disconnect and chaos and humanity is because we haven't been shown how to love ourselves. That's not exactly a classroom that I was ever given in school. <laughs> so that's why I'm passionate about this because awareness, I want to provide the awareness and the safe space to explore who the hell am I? Where do I come from? And what the hell is my purpose here? And how do I set a new groove kind of thing? So well, Candace, I'm sorry to inform you. We probably will never, ever know <laughs> because that's <laughs> the, the question that humanity has been asking for the, since the beginning of time. And 
you know, what you said, one is all, all is one and one is all that mentality. That's, uh, that is a Gnostic view. The Gnostics believe that, that we are, when you ascend to the upper eons, the angels, they are a reflection of you and you're a reflection of them because we are all one. And that's one of the Gnostic beliefs that that's a thing they believe. And it's very powerful because you said we all, at the end of the day, six feet under, we're all the same. We all bleed the same, and but yet we have all this division. And obviously, you've been through a lot of things. I didn't know about the heart attack. You hadn't told me about that one, I don't think, or I don't remember. But we talk about, I want to talk about mental health, obviously. Because every, yes. you, when you get hurt, what do you do? The first thing you do is, you know, if you hurt your arm or you hurt your back, whatever, you go to the doctor we are we live in a society where you can't say that mentally you're unhealthy why because there's this dogma against it oh you're you're a kook or you're you're yeah, crazy you're crazy and th- that <laughs> right? mentality right you know how do you how do obviously we'll, we'll ask you the next question what pushed you on your journey uh, for self-transformation and what does that mean to you self-transformation self-awareness uh self-consciousness what is that to you uh, from your standpoint, because obviously you've been through a lot. Yeah, well, that's a very good question. Thank you for that. And a lot of what kept pushing me was I kept going to the doctors because I was feeling like I was coming unglued. I wanted to kill myself, for goodness sake. I mean, I tried it at age 12 and 25, and here I found myself in my 40s back at that same feeling of I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Why can't I just be happy? Why don't people see my value? Why don't they love me? I'm doing all these things. Why aren't I lovable? And that had been a groove, literally, that had played out my whole life. And up until the last couple of years, I used to point fingers at everybody else saying, well, if I would have had this childhood, I would be this person. If I would have this, this, I would have had that. Well, my mom passed away in 2013. That was kind of like the pivotal moment because I found out then that father I had grown up with was not my biological father, but he was a stepfather. So this belief I held my whole life, if I would have had a better father that hadn't abused me in so many ways, I would be a better person. Well, come to find out the biological father that I would have had was no better. So I was like, well, shit, then if that's the case, then I need to rethink this. Like, who really is at fault for me not being a better person? And then I started having all these illnesses, autoimmune, fibromyalgia, chronic pain, and you know problems with my heart. And every time I went to the doctor, it was just give me a pill. And then let's talk about the problem. But what I found, that was like surface band-aid-y shit. That wasn't ever going into the core issue. The core system that had laid that track out for me to keep having these experiences based on belief. So fast forward, you know, I'm trying to lose weight, trying to get healthy. Um, I'm trying to do like MLM marketing and that's just like (laughs) a joke in itself, but grateful and gratitude because every step of the way, all these things that were happening in my life kept propelling me forward to the next step, the next piece of the puzzle, the next breadcrumb that led me even further down the spiral into my vortex back to self. So like I talk about self-love, the doctors never talked about self-love. All the doctors talked about was, well, why are you self-medicating? And I started being curious because, you know, you talk about that awareness and that's the paradigm of coaching is 
until they have awareness of where they're at and where they want to go and why they're doing what they're doing, you could teach them the new habit, but it's not going to stick. Like they're going to come off that track again and again and again. And I was doing that. So I was like, okay, let me find the awareness of why am I doing this? And so I was calling myself a coach and decided, well, if I'm going to be a coach, I want to have that certification. So I went and got certified as a health and life coach and then dived in even deeper into the neural, the neural linguistic processing of the brain, the neural, the neuroscience of trauma with um, master transformation code is where it really broke open for me because up until that point I had like I said I battled suicidal thoughts of feeling like again these were my these were the things I would say I'm not lovable I'm not good enough I'm a burden all I do is drive everybody crazy I'm too much you know or I'm not enough in some other ways and then I don't deserve to be here I'm worthless um, I can't trust people my biggest one I'm a mistake and when I started this class and they talked about that and the I'm a mistake hit a core for me. My mother had told me because she was Catholic and unmarried, she'd wanted to get an abortion, but she couldn't because she didn't believe in it. She didn't want to have further whatever from her belief system. So she decided to have me. So wow. the, the neuroscience of that is from the moment my mom conceived me and didn't want me. I, as a spiritual being, as a human being, as me, as Candace, was wired to believe that I was a mistake. And everything else from there played out just as so. Because that was my first birthright, the right to exist. Then the second one after that would be the right to need. After that, the right to be separate and still belong. And then take action. But lastly, to love and be loved. I was never going to be able to get well until I had that awareness, which I hadn't had, had all those things that happened before that hadn't happened. From my mom dying and the truth being told to my soon-to-be ex-husband, because we're in divorce process, of him saying he's not happy and I'm too much and I deserve more because he's not loving me right. My own heart attack my own source of love being broken, my own belief system of my deservability, my resentment and anger to the world, to myself, everything for where I was in my life, it broke open literally the day that I decided to love myself. That's when the pieces of the puzzle were like clear. And then I could start putting me back together again in an empowered way with new empowered beliefs. So that's where reset your groove comes in because I had to take all my old beliefs and throw them out the window and literally fire and wire new belief system, which is why you'll see on my social media, you can see the journey of where I started coming out of being codependent and fearful and suicidal and accepting, allowing, trusting, and believing that I deserve to be loved. And it started with self. And so to stop that groove of creating unhealthy patterns with relationships, I just backed out and started just being me on my own and not seeking another person to fulfill me, hence self-love. Yes. Um, and before we get so, deeper, Candice, uh, can you share your social media? I, mean, I always mean to ask this at the beginning. 
<laughs> and I'll ask it again at the ending, but I always forget because we dive right into it. Can you share your social media and your podcast as well so people can listen to it? Because it resonated with me, and that's why I had to reach out to you. I know. You caught, You just came out of nowhere. I was like, oh, wow, I just put the episode up, and then you're reaching out like, I'm blown. So um, you can find me across social media on Wellness with Candace or Candace Frazier, and my, my podcast is Reset Your Groove. And uh, you can reach me via email, reset your group, excuse me, at gmail.com. And I'll post that in the description and, as well and a link to that once yeah. I post the episode. So, but yes, I, I believe our biggest enemy is ourselves. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, what you were saying, those, those thoughts, it is proven that fears. And all these different ideas are passed down genetically from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. And I do yep. absolutely believe in that. And any 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 fear, anything like that will be passed down because you have all these myths of the boogeyman and all these different throughout all these different cultures and, and children are always so scared of them when they're being told. And that's that programming, that genetic programming and it's been proven. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, you know, exactly. throughout all of history. There are centuries and centuries. And again, how many people feel the way that you felt saying those things to themselves over and over again? And how many people go through that? Because I've been there and not in a perhaps with other influences, you know, either family or different influences, your job. It doesn't necessarily have to be somebody telling you this, because, again, as a as a person, your own that ego will tell it Mm -hmm. to you sometimes for no apparent reasons. And that is a thing. And even if it is a chemical imbalance or not, the way it's like you said, the way they deal with it, it's like, well, what sort of medication can we put you on and what dosage? And then those things, the side effects from that are even worse than what they're treating. And I have experience with the pharmaceutical industry and I'm sure as well as you do with my father having MS and you've also had MS as well. Yes. And. You know, it's it's this whole it's it's a business. It's a it's a business. It is absolutely a business. And it's yes. disgusting. Well, and here's the here's the bigger thing for me that really pissed me off. I had pancreatitis was put in the emergency room for it, treating for it. Clearly, you know, I'm getting sick. My blood sugar's registering it like in the 40s, which is not good. All the all to the next day to be dismissed and told, well, your labs are fine now. It's all in your head. You have somatoform disorder. And I got pissed, but thank God, because he was like to be told it was in my head. That kind of stuck. So that was always an underplaying thing. But if it's all in my head, why are you feeding me all these pills? Because they did. They had me on like 20 plus meds a day. And I started having massive issues from side effects but I wasn't getting any better and never ever once in all the therapy that I went through, did anyone ask, what's your birthrights? What are, I never heard of birthrights until just uh, two years ago when I started going to school for it. I was like, what is this science, this neuroscience of what? What the what? No wonder. Ah. <laughs> so again, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a believer that everything happens for a reason. And at the exact moment that I was supposed to have the awareness of that neuroscience of trauma, it was revealed to me because I wouldn't have been ready for it before that. But yeah, it is pretty messed up that all those doctors that I was going to, when I told them I'm going to go holistic, I'm going to use diet, nutrition, and movement to get better, 
my neurologist laughed at me and told me I was wrong, that that wasn't going to work. And that if I didn't take her methotrexate, that the lupus was going to attack my brain more. And then the MS was going to get worse. And then I was just going to end up in a wheelchair and blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm like, tune out Tokyo on that one because it was fear mongering. She was trying to drive me to be fearful of something that wasn't even fully transpired to take a medication which I from experience with my mother because my mother got and it damaged her lungs and that's why she ended up with COPD and ended up passing away at 61 that on top of a bunch of other illnesses but that I was like Candace, oh, you broke out know. there for a second you said your mother and then it messed up their lungs is she took that same medicine and it messed her lungs up gave her COPD yes my well it didn't give her COPD but it it, it added to the the damage in her lungs and so that's one of the side effects of that medication plus wow, many that's others, just I a mean, side effect imagine that it's yeah, worse than what yeah. you had and well it can cause uh, cancer <laughs> i mean like i'm like uh no thank you it's like i tell people for example i love the egyptians the egyptians were very fascinating i love ancient civilizations i love all that and they were on to something, especially the Egyptians we talk about. They, they had methods of sound healing. They were on to something. Nikola Tesla talks about frequencies. And, and me and you have even talked about 5G and yeah. the effects that this can have on the biology of, of people down to a molecular level where it's literally separating molecules. And they're pumping this into the air. And I wonder, you know, we can only see 0.0025 of the light spectrum as yeah. human beings we can only hear certain frequencies as human beings imagine what we can't hear and what we can't see that's going on all around us and, and that's why i like the simulation theory because there is so much about this planet about the human anatomy about the human mind about the the human the consciousness that we don't understand but yet we want to go and, and establish a space force and go to mars we can't even deal <laughs> right? with, with with viruses and things here on Earth. Imagine if we experience some extraterrestrial virus that takes over people and and messes them up in some H.P. Lovecraft way. You know, it's, right? it's it's insane. And I wonder. So you had the doctor telling you this that you had to do this, 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 this. You said fear mongering. How much yep. of it, Candice, from a personal standpoint? Because I believe in this a lot. And when you had told me about that. I was speaking to my father because there's some issues in the family that needed to be addressed. And I told him and I said, listen, you're not going to be well in your mind because if you're not well, you're not going to be well in your body because you're not well in your mind. Because if your, your mind and your body aren't aligned, I always say mind over matter because the mind is a powerful thing. How much of it do you believe is actually just your mind playing tricks on you versus what it actually is? For, because for you talked about holistic. For thousands of years, these people back then used crazy medicines or crazy techniques that worked. Obviously, some of it might have been woo-woo or whatever you want to call it, but they survived back then somewhere or another. They had doctors, whether it was magic or whatever you want to call it. It was something. How much do you feel is just your brain making you sick or how much of it is an actual thing? Well, given, okay, so I'm not super, I'm not, well, I'm not religious at all. I'm all about spirituality with the awareness that I hold, but I, each to their own, but I look deeper, you know, we talk about that Christ consciousness and Jesus and be like Jesus. What would Jesus do? And he was love. He was pure. Well, I heard a story that was talking about, um, 
how he, when he came out of alignment with himself and said, why does thou forsake me, was when all that crap happened to him. But let's look at this. If all he was going around and telling people, he was laying hands on them and using mindset of ask and believe and you shall receive, which is basically the same thing that a... Um, that the belief system, remember I was talking about belief systems. Well, if we have a disempowering belief system, that's going to create dis-ease in our body because you're now out of alignment with self. You're now saying to self, like, for instance, let's do MS because that's, that's a big one and it's a big money maker. And big, big it money. was interesting. It was interesting because as I had the awareness of these beliefs and started literally laying new tracks using the sound healing frequencies with my own voice, feeding myself the mind diet, which is the program I created. So I changed all those disempowering beliefs that I held from all five of those birthrights and the other disease illness in my body, recorded them with the sound healing in the background, my voice three times a day for the first month, I fed myself those new beliefs and started to rewire and it became second nature and as I began to do that and also cleaned up my diet too because a lot of chemicals can create um, a dis-ease in the in the body too but for for MS um, a probable belief system that lies with MS and I had this and I can say yeah I had mental hardness I had a hard heart I also had an iron will and I was inflexible and I was terrified. So my new belief system that I started saying was I choose love and joyous thoughts. I create a loving, joyous world. I'm safe. I am free. And, you know, other various positive statements like that. And as I began to focus less on the, the, dis-ease and that old belief system and move into the new one. Medications went away, pain went away, autoimmunity went into remission. I started, you know, just being me in a, in a happier way, in a less chaotic, less traumatic, less disconnected way. And that was all I believe from my belief system because that's the only thing I had done everything else. I had hired trainers. I had done all that with diet and exercise, but I hadn't gotten results. I was still battling with uh, the depression and anxiety because nutrition plays a component in that. So if you're eating high inflammatory foods, then yes, you're going to struggle with depression and anxiety. Well, I had done all that, but I was still struggling. Like I, things would happen like we talk about that belief of me feeling like now I'm too much my family doesn't want to be around me well see I am a mistake I am a burden so you know I nearly took my own life a year and a half ago because of that <laughs> but thank goodness I was able to shift that belief because that was all happening for me to provide awareness of where I wasn't loving myself so I started providing myself that sense of love safety and belonging that was missing in my life and the belief that I was loved I am safe I do have belonging and connection because it all went back to the belief system of I didn't feel that I had that so that was driving me it was creating that fear so here's you talk about a, a system being in place underlying all of that every time I would 
struggle with the suicidal thoughts, I would have a deeper awareness of don't give in. This is a game. If you give in, then you're going to have to come back and do this again. Mm-hmm. If you didn't learn the lesson. And so I fought harder than I'd ever fought before because I didn't want to have to go through this one more time. I didn't want someone else to win a game over me is actually, you know, kind of the bigger drive, but just that awareness of, I know this is all happening for me. Then why is this happening for me? And I just kept being more curious rather than pulling back into judgmental. But again, these are all life skills that I've learned through my journey as a coach and being, cause I hired my own coach. That was a transformation coach that helped me see as well. So my point here is, is, when you're seeking, it always helps to have someone on that path with you. Like how you and I have our conversations, it's us having awareness and having someone to be a witness. So one, we don't feel like we're losing our mind. Two, mm-hmm. so we can have the presence of awareness that allows us to transform how we perceive that awareness, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. And uh, Candice, you mentioned that you're your mother was Catholic. Did you, and I'm curious, did you ever look to religion as a oh, form of help? I did, and it only drove me into more torment. And I I had, <laughs> that's part of the story is that kind of threw me. I had went through the rest of my sacraments to finish my Catholic upbringing. My husband at the time was Catholic and I wanted we wanted to get married in a Catholic church so I was going through all the processes to have because I had been married and divorced before I was having those all annulled or whatever so we would be able to do that and I'm sitting in the room with the, the priest and my story was you know I was sexually abused from a very young age up until I you know was having periods so I had talked about that and the minister was like, now, this is going to get explicit. So, once close their ears. He asked me, the first time you had an orgasm, and how did that feel for you? And the hair on the back of my neck stood up, and I was like, what the fuckity fuck just came out that guy's mouth? Did he just ask me this? And my stomach got in a knot. So, our chakra, our, our gut, our intuition. Candice, you had broken up there for a second. Stomach. You oh, said that you that you talked to a priest and he asked you that he asked you when you how how it felt. Yes, yes. And oh. why that had anything to do with me getting married? I mean, really, seriously. I, I and, and again, I try to rationalize that that there was a bigger reason for it, but my gut instinct was like danger, danger, danger. And at that time, I didn't have the awareness I do now. So I just sat there. Just I, I remember my hands clenched up, my whole body tensed up because I was just like, oh, my God, I'm going to be abused again. Oh, my God, I'm going to be abused again. Yeah. Oh, my God, how do I keep getting into this shit? Like, what the hell? I'm just here for marriage counseling. Ah. So, and he asked you that in front uh, of your husband? At no, the time? no, I was in there by myself. And I didn't tell him when we came out because I was just like, I was so floored. I was like, did I, I, again, so this was another part of, of the trauma. People that have been sexually abused, it's fight, flight, or freeze when certain things are triggered. Well, I was triggered. That's a, a part of the story with my mother. My mother was in the bed when I was being sexually abused. 
And I often, for many years, that's why I was suicidal because I was like, why didn't she stop him? Why didn't she do anything? Why didn't she love me? You know, that drove a lot of inner stuff for many years, but it was because she went into freeze mode because trauma. Did she know Candace? I think she did. And she had been sexually abused by an older uncle and older cousin as well. So she was reacting in the way she would, which was freeze. And so, yeah, so some really, really deep shit. (laughs) Like, it was very dark. And we, again, I don't know. Obviously, there's the things that circulate around about the the Catholic Church and everything that that happens with the little children there. And it just makes me think of that. And that angers me a lot because uh, being a father, I can't imagine somebody taking the innocence away from a child and doing that to them. And then obviously putting them in a spa, how, for example, that you went through that darkness in their life and how that affected you for the rest of your life. So Candace, would you say that you're, you've overcome this little by little? Were you able to, obviously you try to take your life twice at the beginning of your life. What happened between those two times that was it looking up for you? Did it change at all? And then what drove you at 25 to try it again? Well, at 12, the the reason that I had um, become so suicidal, uh, hormonally, so that was 12 and 25, I was hormonal both times. Uh, 12, I had started having periods. At 25, I just had two babies back to back and had postpartum depression and had been put on um, Prozac with at 25. Prozac, again, that's Women what Women kill their children on that, right? Yeah. Well, I tried. I took, came home and took the whole bottle. <laughs> I was like, oh, I forgot to take my pills. And the next thing I know, I've swallowed the whole bottle because that whole day was April Fool's Day. It was a year after being away from my kids, and I was so just depressed and despondent, and I was just, I was just done. I'm like, I fuck this. I am not living like this. And it was just a, it was a knee jerk reaction. And then by the time I realized what I would had done, I'd swallowed the whole bottle and I was like, oh shit, this isn't, what the hell did I do? And so I made the call and called my kid's dad and said what I had done. Um, and they came and they gave me charcoal and I woke up later in the night in the hospital with tubes and I could see my heart rate was going crazy and I could hear my family crying out in the hallway why would she do this doesn't she know we love her no I didn't think I was loved same thing at age 12 age 12 I had been being sexually abused by my stepdad where I thought was my dad so I had all that guilt and shame of incest which I can't tell you how grateful I was to find out he was my stepdad. I was like oh thank god someone was like what do you mean I was like it's not incest anymore they're like uh yeah, so perspective, you know, I mean, I'm just shedding the shame and guilt as much as I can. So age 12, I'm starting to have periods. Um, and my boyfriend at the time broke up with me. And my stepdad stopped having any, any actions with me. So I had thought that that was love. That was the only attention I was getting in a way that felt like I, you know, like it was weird. It's a twisted shit because well, it was always... Thing. You guys become dependent on on whatever. So when you feel that way, you become dependent on whatever you can get in a way. And yeah. again, I can't. I'm not saying I can relate in any sort of way because I can't. But that's not that's that mindset, right? That trauma yeah. mindset, 
that I need you because you see it all the time in domestic violence between couples. It's like, mm-hmm. why do you keep going back? It's like, well, I love him so much. It's like he keeps hurting you. And it's like, no, I, I just love him no matter what, even though that yeah. it, it's this weird. What's that once uh, syndrome that they call the Stockholm uh, Stockholm. Stock, Stockholm syndrome. And right? I've had that. Yeah. And I've had that, you know, I'd have to say that was the hardest thing because I spent a decade with this last partner and it was up, down, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde all the time. And it was because he didn't love himself because he was dealing with his own shit. And so I was seeing myself and him and I was loving him in a way that I just wanted someone to love me, not realizing that the person that needed to be doing it was me. That's where I was giving my power away. And that's where us women that have been through domestic violence, we don't realize we're doing that because subconsciously we're just seeking that sense of familiar and chaos when it becomes familiar, sadly becomes familiar and you become addicted to the neuropeptides. So this was another layer of my healing that I had covered was that why I was having a hard time removing myself and continuing to stay removed was I was addicted to the chemical cascade of adrenaline, cortisol, norepinephrine, and all those other things that my body would flood with been going on since I was a child. Same for him. So this is why domestic violence, until people have the awareness that they're playing out patterns that they've had since before they were born, because it's genetically encoded in the DNA from your parents and their parents and their parents, because both sides of our family had it, you know, the alcohol and abuse from his father, then the, the abuse and sexual trauma from my family and the narcissistic shit from my mother and her just disconnect from me and same with his. So we were mirroring each other's trauma and creating a familiar groove. And so anytime we try to break what's familiar, our critter brain is like, no, go back to the familiar. I know I can survive that. Don't, don't stay by yourself. That's dangerous. So for me, living on my own has been the most therapeutic and healing. And same for my ex-partner. He's doing that too. He's on his own, not in a relationship, really finding his way back to him because of my influence through this and how I just kept fighting for him. But eventually I was like, you know, I love you, but I'm going to go do it over here because I've got to love me more. And that starts with me saying, no more of this familiar groove, even though it's familiar, it's a pattern and sex is not love. And that's what I had been raised to believe because I'd been sexually abused since I was a baby. That's so do you want to talk about coming unglued at the seams and not feeling like yourself? That has been me for the last six months. I've really come home to myself because I've put together the puzzle and I now see who I am, why I went through what I went through, because there's got to be someone that's a few steps ahead of us on our journey, usually that have more awareness. Well, there's been people like that for me. Now I want to be that for other people and show them that there is, there is healing. And yes, you can love someone still, but you just sometimes can't be with them anymore. But the person that you need to love and be with first is self. And that's why I'm a self love pioneer And I also teach no fear because when you're in fear, telling the universe, I don't trust and believe and allow what all the goodness you have for me because I'm in fear. So give me more things to be afraid of or more things to be a victim of, which is why I don't call myself a survivor. I'm a thriver 
because yeah, that, I don't that want... victim language also plays a big role because like we mentioned earlier, Huge. mind over matter. And again, to touch on what you're talking about, a lot of people don't know how to put themselves first. They feel they need to put others first. And in order to help somebody, first of all, you can't help anybody who can't help themselves. That's what everybody says. And you can't love others if you don't love yourself first, if you don't see yourself in this good light and and be in and diet diet goes deeper than just what you eat it's also mm-hmm. what you consume as far as what's stimulating you what you're reading what you're watching what you're doing the people you associate yourself with all that comes into play yep. when people think about a diet they go oh, i'm just gonna watch what i eat no 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 it goes deeper than that because it's much more than that it's not just well, that. it's everything it's also it's also what we put on our skin, what we listen to, which is why I used to listen to a lot of the mainstream stuff, but I had to start not because it was affecting my mood. So I, that's where I got into the frequency stuff because um, I've had a, a lifetime. I'm going to be 48 in May. I've had a lifetime of stress hormones flooding my body. Uh, I was that was one of the reasons I had become so ill with the fibro and adrenal fatigue because my poor body was just flooded with adrenaline, 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 and it was it was just it had it. And so look at PTSD. That's where PTSD comes from, from these soldiers being over overseas and being in battle and that constant elevated levels of cortisol and adrenaline. They they drain them and. So, Candace, we, we spoke about this briefly, and this is something I wanted to talk to you about because I got called out on it. I don't know if you've seen the Aaron Hernandez documentary on Netflix. Have you seen that documentary? I started watching it, but I fell asleep, and then I I got so many things going on. I never finished watching it, but I remember being like, what the what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It gets crazy, so he blames pretty much what happened on his his earlier years in life his mom and some things that went down with that and i've mentioned this to you you've obviously been through this journey when do you stop using it as a crutch i feel people always go and and use it go back and resort to like oh well the reason i am the reason i am today is because so and so touched me when i was three years old or four years old and it's like you're Let's say, for example, now you're going to be, you know, you're a 40 year old something man or woman and you go and you're still using that excuse from, you know, from uh, however many years ago. Is that do you find that's acceptable? Because we live in this society where it's not I'm not saying good to be a victim, but almost like you're praised. And some people, the problem with that is some people look for that because they like that attention. We're talking about having attention and having somebody to, to look at you. Some people use that to get the attention that they've always wanted how do you feel towards that because i got called out on that and they were like hey what did you mean by that why did you say that and i was like well what the point i was trying to get across is when do you get over it well exactly so is that wrong candace to say that no it's not it's not so it's not wrong there is no right or wrong it is what it is that is your belief your opinion your your viewpoint on it if it ruffled someone's feathers, then it means that that's something that they need healing. When I, in the past, was told, get over it, and I've heard people get offended when you tell them to get over it, mm-hmm. it is it is saying what you went through didn't exist and I'm invalidating it. But that's not what we really mean to say. What we really mean to say is at what point do you take accountability for your actions in the whole play 
When do you heal? They were just yeah. Well, exactly. When do you seek healing rather than um, nailing someone to the cross for how you are? Again, this is giving away power, and and th- we see this all the time. People blaming other people for their shit. As a young kid growing up, I had a deeper awareness that. Yes, I'm going through this, but that does not make any of this okay. What they're doing to me isn't okay. So I never could understand how people would use that as an excuse. Well, this happened to me as a kid, so I'm going to now go molest kids. Uh, no. Like, (laughs) no. Like, I I really do have a problem with that. And I'm still kind of diving down rabbit holes trying to learn about more of the human psychology and you know because i'm always learning i'm a lifelong learner i'm fascinated with the human brain and how that functions but for me it was never about i had someone tell me that very thing when are you going to take accountable for your role in it you know what that's a good question what was my role in it my role in what did you do as a 12 year old girl to be to deserve being molested that's the that's the problem you you don't but if if we want to dive even deeper and go even more woo woo as shit this is where i had a this is where i had my epiphany where i was able to remove the victimhood and realize that as a conscious as a spiritual being if my understanding and awareness is is that like we've talked about it this is a 3d matrix this is all like the matrix these are all experiences playing out for our soul to grow and evolve and have certain experiences to have perspectives to be the abused to be the abuser you know because we come many lifetimes to to play these out well as i started playing with that i was like well that's interesting so as a soul for this lifetime in my soul contract I decided I was going to meet all these people in this play. This was my play, The Life of Candace, and this is how it was going to play out. And it was all happening for me because now in hindsight, I can look back and have deeper awareness of what I did while I was in it. So, again, if it's all happening for me, it's providing awareness, providing experiences for me to at that point, you know, a year ago, sit and go, holy shit, I as a conscious creator created all of this turmoil in my life to have these experiences to grow to evolve to have deeper awareness to see humans where they're at to have this big because i have massive empathy and compassion for humans i mean like i i can feel empathy for people that most people are are hating but a lot of people are pieces of shit candace there's a lot of pieces of shit they are but i see underneath all that I just see someone learning and trying to figure out who they are and what their place in this world is, and they're operating from birthrights. And if their birthrights are impaired, then their experiences are going to be fucking chaotic and traumatic and toxic. Because the moment I shifted my belief experience or belief system, my experience has shifted from toxic to, I mean, you've seen my social media posts. I live in happy I live mm-hmm. in happy, and I don't have the big mansion and the fancy cars and all that. I'm still living, you know, I'm still living at poverty level, but I don't give a shit because it's not about that for me. I love myself for the first time in my life. I put me first. I put my needs, my well-being, and my voice. I give it. I give it purpose. I. I don't 
tell myself I hate myself anymore. I don't tell myself I'm not good enough. And I don't judge others anymore. I, I now just, I'm, I'm a whole different person. And it's not about any of the things that society has tried to condition us that we need to have in order to be happy. It is literally a choice. It is, it yes. is living fully present, being you in that moment, being self-aware and fully loving you, good and bad, and seeing the beauty in that, seeing the beauty in the contrast of all the hard shit and the good shit and the easy stuff and the hard stuff and wealth. They all have purpose. They all have intention to show us what we want more of and to show us how to get more of it and have less of it. But again, okay. it's awareness. If Candace, don't look, know, at, look at all these movie stars and super rich people who who kill themselves because they were depressed. It comes to show that materialism, materialistic things don't even matter. And like I said before, I think it was before the show at the beginning, at the end of the day, we all bleed the same. Six feet under, we're not taking anything with us. And yeah. I, I, I did a, a show with a friend of mine who she went to India, and we're ta- we talked about religion earlier, and you talked about how you had these feelings, and I know you're very spiritual and always, you know, the consciousness and what it, what is it, where do we come from? We're divine beings having a human experience is what I like to say, and maybe these feelings that we have, call it God, call it whatever it is, maybe the universe is God, and that's the way he communicates with us. I, you know, I've, I've thought about that as well, because sometimes you get these hunches or these things, maybe that is the universe talking to you, and maybe the universe is God. And yeah. he can be whatever you want him to be, as long as you spread positivity, whether you want to call him the names that they call him anywhere. But my friend told me about the you you have the Indians. They're very spiritual, very they have yoga, they have all these different things that it's finding and unlocking your inner self. And she went to India to study yoga and she says the atmosphere over there is very different because they have a different appreciation on life. They view uh-huh. everything as its own entity and yep. that they, they view cows as sacred and all this different things. And she said that coming from over here from the States, she saw this man over there who, who didn't have any legs and he would walk around with blocks on his hands. And she said that he, she would see him every day just walking around asking for money. But he was the most happiest man she had ever seen. He always had a smile on his face. Everybody liked to be around him. And, and she's like, why are you so happy? You have yeah. no legs. You're homeless. And you beg for money. Why are you so happy? And it angered her to see this man with this happiness. And it's like, maybe, maybe he believes in reincarnation. He says, maybe this life, because the universe chooses your time. I believe in the multiverse theory. And we're living the path of least resistance in our mm-hmm. path you know in in our in this lifetime and maybe a lot oh well why do people die maybe people die because that was the one with least resistance who knows the the universe works in mysterious ways yeah. if, if it is truly random or not or this is all played out and this is an experiment and we are an experiment and we are in a simulation i don't know i don't know where where we're still trying to figure out what human consciousness is? We don't even know what the chunk of of meat between our in our in our skulls <laughs> is. We don't even know what right. that does. When they do open, you know, when they do an open brain surgery on somebody, they literally have them doing something so they don't mess anything up while they're in there, right? And right. 
yeah. all these different diseases. Well, why does it affect me this way? Well, it's because it affects everybody differently. How much how much of the times do we not have something? You know, that that's what I think about and, and how much of it is mind over matter because it's proven that people who pray, people who meditate live longer, right? Why? Because maybe they I believe in the law of attraction. When you speak things, you're you're that's why they call it spelling because you're casting spells as you exactly. speak. Exactly. Right? And exactly. when you when you I, when you say something, that's why I'm very careful with what I say, because when you say something, it does have power and it can manifest itself. And it doesn't mean that you can just speak anything into existence and it'll happen. You still have to work towards it and you still have to put your work in because, again, this is life and this is the way it is. But at the end of the day, who knows? It's it's very it's very it's very overwhelming sometimes to think about that and you know, going through the things that you've been through, a lot of people, a lot of people go through the same thing. A lot of people don't know how to deal with it. And a lot of people, unfortunately, do take their lives and are successful with, with, with that step. And that's where it ends. But I feel that's so selfish. And or, or they live a life full of addiction and self-loathing. Yes. Um, when I look at people struggling with addictions and um, self-harm, I, I see a person who doesn't have awareness of their complete misalignment from self and that all these are symptoms screaming at you. Your, your inner beings creating all these symptoms and behaviors to scream at you as like a clue. Like, for instance, when a car is out of alignment with itself and it's got dirt in the carburetor, it sputters. Or if it needs to have its oil refreshed because the oil is old and dirty, it starts blowing smoke. It starts chug-a-lugging. It doesn't run right. Well, the human body is no different. We just don't, again, classroom. We weren't given these skills. Life skills are something that are taught, which is why I'm a life skills ambassador for Parenting 2.0 globally. Because globally, this is skills that needs to be taught. And in many cultures, like in India, you're right, they do have a deeper connection with self. So their rates of disease are different, but they're still battling cancer at mm -hmm. a high rate. And cancer comes not only from the toxins that we're eating, but that's a belief system. Cancer, when we're operating from the energy frequency and vibration, um, there's a lot of, now I don't know if this, this is where I'm kind of curious with how it factors in with kids, because why would kids be thinking this? Like, <laughs> that doesn't make sense when kids get cancer, but with yeah. adults getting cancer, I could see it. But they say that with cancer, it's like deep hurt, you know, having that. Well, we talked about the genetics yeah. being passed down. Who, know, who knows, right? We yeah. don't even know where it comes from. And, oh, and again, yeah, they're, telling us, they're telling us all these things, right? They're telling us all these things. I can't confirm what they're telling me. I can't. I'm not a doctor. I'm not. I'm not God. There. I'm. I'm being informed by the people who tell me what it is. Oh, you have this or you have that. But when they diagnosed my dad with MS, I was there. The guy's like, "Hey, we're about 85% sure that you have MS." And I looked at him and I said, "85%. What about the other?" the rest <laughs> yep oh we don't know yep that's the same thing i was dealing with so i would say with your dad um 
one of the things that I uncovered with that was a lot of that is nutrition as well. So when our mitochondria in our cells become deficient in nutrients, these are the types of things our body starts doing. The demyelination in our brain starts to disappear. We have inflammation in our joints and our brain and our blood vessels, which causes all types of disease and illnesses. So it really is about eating a whole food, plant-based, primarily diet. I mean, some people need to eat meat because they're blood types, but then there's some there are some studies that say we can completely avoid meat and still get all. So I'm still, I, I think it's kind of a trial and error play with what works for you. But I really do believe, and in my own healing, that was the component for me. I removed the dairy and the processed sugar. And aha, um, a lot of my illnesses and issues went away. And so. Well, yeah. I, I try and drink as much water as I can, Candice. And I've. Haven't had fast food in months now, and every time I would eat McDonald's because in the rush, in the in the ru- uh, you know yeah. you're rushing, you're working, go 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 because we live in a society that's just go go go. And how you tell me you take your weekends for self self care, and I try to do the same thing too. But obviously, running a podcast is a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> and ever since I stopped eating fast food because I I felt like I feel like it's so counterproductive because you eat it to fill yourself up but when I was eating it it would drain the energy out of me and it makes me wonder and again this can be a conspiracy whatever how many things they probably put in that food that well they've compared processed sugar as as addictive as cocaine Uh and they've doctors have even said if caffeine wasn't in the things that it is now that it would be used in as a as a prescription based thing because of the effects that it has people clean tools with coke with yep. coca-cola yep. people clean battery terminals with That's sprite yep. people do all these things with that and we're consuming it's just like the 5g there's yep. people it's a microwave they tell you not to put your head in front of a microwave why because microwaves it's literally yeah. what a microwave does right? it's heating up the water molecules within whatever food you put in it and it's just heating them up and that's how you get a microwave to work so if it can do they're pumping this up into the air and we yeah. and, and and they tell you just to you know it's okay. Well, is it okay? <laughs> well then, and then this is what I tell my clients. I want you counting calories, not or counting chemicals, not calories, because it's the chemicals in the food that are killing us. So, obesity and cellulite, the the purpose of the body, why it does that, anything the body can't process, it puts as far away from the organs as possible into the adipose tissue, which is the fatty tissue, and mm-hmm. says here. Let me put this as far away as possible from your organs to protect you. So when I see people that are carrying a lot of extra weight, I'm thinking, okay, your hormones are out of whack and you're eating a lot of processed foods or you could not be eating a lot of processed foods, but your hormones are really out of whack because hormones drive how our weight fluctuates and is held and stored. So, and I know because I, I've lost a total of 80 pounds from start to finish of where I got to in my weight to where I've gotten down to, I've, you know, I've put back on a little bit, little bit since this, you know, last winter, but that's besides the point. <laughs> I'm not overweight like I was, but <laughs> the more I cut out the food, so I don't eat those foods anymore. So even while I've packed on a little bit of weight, I haven't been able to pack on all the extra weight because I don't eat those foods anymore. I don't eat like you. I don't eat fast foods. When I go out to eat, 
I, I know how to look at a menu and I know how to ask for things that are healthy and be like, and be that person, be like, I don't want that on there. I don't want this on there. And I used to be terrified to do that. But now I'm like, no, this is my body. And they don't have a problem with it. They want me to be happy. So that was, again, a birthright. I deserve to be happy. I deserve to, I have the dessert. I have the birthright to need. Well, I need my food to be a certain way. That doesn't make me good or bad. That just, it's a need that I have as a human and I'm entitled to that need. So it, it's all, yeah. I mean, I could go on for days and days about the components of how we're eating and what we're eating affect our health, but that's a whole other podcast for a whole other yeah. day. Well, we, we've talked about this, that we're going to break this up because, again, I, you're a very interesting individual, and uh, you called me a sage, and that's stuck with me since the day you told me, and I've been being, I keep I keep being asked to be on more and more podcasts for people and people want to do collaborations with me so we'll definitely do more episodes and we talked about some some good things today as far as these thoughts depression anxiety uh and, well, i don't think we touched on anxiety but we, we can and you know suicide depression over, overcoming trauma your life story and then mental health how that plays a role yeah. and did you want to add anything up We'll wrap up with that. Did you want to add anything else towards the end to summarize what we talked about today? And then obviously, like I said, we'll, our next episode, we'll, we'll go a little bit deeper and just keep diving as, as deep as we can go. Well, yeah, sure, sure. So, you, you know, you speak of the anxiety component and what's its intention. Anxiety, just like fear and depression, are all messengers. They all have a positive intention. They do not come to harm us. They do not come to freak us out or make us feel less than. There are messengers telling us what we don't want to feel, what is important to us, what I want to feel more of. Like, for instance, if you're depressed because you're in an environment that you're not happy in, well, then let's look at the depression as a sign of saying, this is not what I want to experience. Okay, ask yourself, well, what would I like to experience more of? And that's where I come in with my coaching. That's where we look at where are you at, what do you want to experience more of, and let's get you to that place. And that is always through mindset, movement, nutrition, meditation, and altruism, meaning giving back to the community, being a part of. Because as humans, our top three needs are love, safety, and belonging. And it all starts with self. And from self, it radiates out. So the more you fill your cup, which is why I say no on the weekends to anything that doesn't feel good to me, that's me filling my cup and recharging. Because Monday through Thursday, I'm on 100% for my clients, for my community, and myself. So if I didn't pull back, I would be giving the universe and the world around me a half version of me, you know, a worn out, run down version. So Look at these messages as a positive intention. Anxiety keeps you safe. Fear keeps you safe. But sometimes we have to feel the fear and do it anyway if it's not going to harm us or anyone else. Like, be afraid when you're starting a new job because it's a new experience. But then flip it to curiosity and excitement. Like, ooh, all these new experiences that I've never had before. This is going to be so much fun. You see that? Or... Mm -hmm. Oh my God, this is a new job. Nobody, know, I don't know anybody. Are they going to like me? I don't know if they're going to like me. What if this doesn't work out? If this doesn't work Mindset. out, then I'm not going to be able to. Yeah, it's like you're mind Mindset. fucking yourself. <laughs> yeah. 
like and I, my... I have a friend of mine who talks about if he looks at life as a movie and he knows it's a movie, but you don't know it's a movie. He knows he's in a movie, so he's going to enjoy it and make the best of it as he can. But while you're still thinking about it not being a movie, it's like, again, the simulation theory. Who knows if it's true or not? But again, that mindset is a powerful thing, and we don't even understand it. Maybe the Egyptians and all these ancient civilizations were able to achieve such a higher state of consciousness that they were just able... The Mayans, they disappeared, right? Maybe what if the Mayans were able to achieve this certain state as a people that they just left this dimension and just left? That's why there's no record of what else happened to them. That, that would make absolute sense because... They lived out their contract. They had mm-hmm. had their enlightenment. And if this is all because, you know, I've done some Stargate meditations and those are up to 15 dimensions. Yeah. And they talk we'll, about we'll that. Talk about yeah, that's a whole other podcast for a whole other one. But the bottom line is it really does come from mindset. So we want to be telling ourselves that I only create peaceful experiences because I love myself and all is well. And Did you that, want to read something, Candice? You, you told me you wanted to read something at the beginning of the before the show. Uh, well, it's kind of part of my book, but it it's you know I guess I could read it if we have time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so when I was so my book is called well I had called it the sensuality of self care for your soul, but I think I'm gonna turn it into a little mini series because I have so much content. I'm like. This needs to be a series because I really do teach people how to do self-care for their soul. But so this is me. This is my take on my for my book, the beginning part of it. So when I decided to love myself was the day my healing journey broke wide open and threw all the pieces of the puzzle that make me into a frantic frenzy to regain my center. I was always that girl, you know, the one who figured out that using relationships provide me a great cover and excuse not to love myself. Well, failure to love myself took me down many dark and destructive paths that I am now grateful for, grateful for the growth that it forged in me and the compassion, strength and wisdom it unveiled, grateful for the clarity and confidence in my own ability to provide love, safety and belonging to myself. These dark and destructive paths are sometimes the only way back to find yourself when you have endured nothing but the pain of trauma and the deep sense of loss, mistrust, being unwanted, and not respected. In the actions of self-harm comes not only understanding of your authentic self, but provides a temporary and often fleeting sense of control over the chaos. There lies an illumination of who you are under the imprints left by trauma. There are many hidden gems in the data of the why behind the lack of self-care and self-love and continued patterns of unhealthy relationship, not only to self, but others. Clues that become the starting point of getting unstuck and moving forward into healing and rewiring the story in the brain, setting a new groove. Without a forge of fires to burn away the old patterns, beliefs, and habits, space to grow is suffocated and stagnated. In order to reclaim my sense of self after trauma and years of self-abuse, I had to step back and let the old footprint of beliefs and patterns and groove in the sand wash away so I could create new ones. Without that step back, I would have continued to seek validation of my worthiness from outside of myself, people, places, things. I choose to no longer give my power away. I choose to use the experiences of my traumas and hard times as the fuel that burned away all that was holding me back 
and is now being used as a fuel to propel me from the ashes and allow me to rise like the phoenix and soar into my destined greatness. And that's that. Powerful, powerful stuff. And and I love it because, like you said, instead of taking something and being that victim for the rest of your life and being uh, letting it hold you down and weigh you down, use it. Use it mm-hmm. as a powerful tool to be able to not only find that se- that inner self and, and, and achieve higher greatness, but also to help others because there are it, it's talking about your story today. But imagine all the people who go through what you went through and like you said, substance abuse and all these different things that they you know succumb themselves to. And I, like I said, I've, I've been through depression. I know what it's like to. Not because of um, being unhappy in my life, but because of my workplace or whatever else it was. And it does drain you and it sucks to mm-hmm. go back. And, you know, this at the beginning of this year, I, I was I was good for a little bit. At the beginning of this year, I kind of felt myself going down again, that down that 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 way of depression. And I talked to a stoic philosopher and I'm not sure if you're familiar with stoicism. Stoicism is very powerful because it's pretty much the the act of not giving a shit about things and just letting <laughs> things be. And I've learned to to do that and apply that in my life because if there's something I can't control, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ponder over and keep thinking about it. Over, oh my oh my goodness, I can't do I I I, I can't control it. So you can't if you can't control it, don't worry about it. Right? Yeah. It, just outweigh your your options. What you know, we have an issue. We're presented with an issue. What are our options? Oh, well, you can either do this or that, or you can do this. And it's like, well, then let me just deal with it how as it comes. And I take it a day at a time. And I believe I sent you that Alan Watts quote. That's we're in the eternal now. There is no future. Yeah. There is no future. There is tomorrow's yeah. never promised. We're in the eternal now, and you have to focus mm-hmm. on the now. And that's again very yeah. powerful. And and I loved what you read there. Uh, Candace, it, this goes deeper people. This is just the beginning. This is just the tip of the iceberg and her story gets wild on the next episode. We'll, we'll let loose a little bit more yeah. cause it, it gets, it gets a little weird. So we'll, we'll talk about all these things that she's experienced. But again, Candace, I, I loved it. Where loved it can too. people Thank find you. your, your work so they can look at your, your podcast, your book, your social media, go ahead and, and share that with the people. Okay, so the book is still, there's so much content coming out, so I'm still putting it all together. Um, as far as content, Instagram and Facebook, Wellness with Candace, Candace Frazier, um, and it's C-A-N-D-I-C-E, and it's F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. And across the board, you can find, you know, content. I put, you know, I'm, some of my writing and my work is actually on my social media pages, um, all the graphic design I create myself as an artist. So that is how they can find me. And they can, again, reach me at resetyourgroove at gmail.com. And um, we can have a chat from there. I My website's still in production. So if anybody out there is good at websites, uh, that's not my strong point. I'm a writer, an artist, but not a website designer. So it's kind <laughs> of, it's kind of, it's floundering. There is a resetyourgroove.com, but... It's not not, ready not, to go not yet. quite there yet, but <laughs> no. you got to start somewhere though, right? Yes. Well, and for me, again, my groove really is bringing awareness to people and 
if that means I don't have a website, then oh well, I don't have a website, but I have a podcast, so who cares? <laughs> and they can find my podcast, Reset Your Groove, on Anchor, Spotify, Apple. Uh, I think it's on Outcast. It's on a lot of different platforms. Just just search me. You'll find it, Reset Your Groove. Um, but yeah, it's it's absolutely about being in the now. So the, the biggest trick, we talk about mindset, being in the now. I like to always say, my now is wow. Even if it really wasn't at the time, I would yes. just tell myself my now as well, because what we focus on expands. So focus not on what you want, but rather who you're being when you've got what you want, mm -hmm. the feeling of that and who you're being, because that's really all you have control over. That in that moment is that. Yes, because once sense. you have something, that, that. Feeling, <laughs> that feeling dissipates once you once you acquire something, but that person that you're being at that moment in time will continue to be. So, mm -hmm. well, again, just be like the forest, you know, be like the, the forest. forest is just being. the forest <laughs> is just being it does. It trusts, it, it believes and allows in its existence and it trusts and believes and allows that the dead that falls away from it is going to become fire to mm -hmm. burn away all the other old growth to allow new growth to come. Humans are no different. Allow that to be the fuel. Use your fear as your fuel to fire your way to your greatness. Yeah. Yes. And Candace, you are a beautiful human being. And for uh, the little time that I've known you, you are you seem like a great person. So, again, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to uh, go through this journey. And again, I, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak to me today about all this and Again, we'll be back. We'll be back with more because, yes. again, it, get, it gets weird. <laughs> yes, it does. It gets really cool, weird in a woo-woo kind of way. Yes. But, again, it's it, it's a it's a wonderful, delicious playground. And, Juan, I would like to say the same thing, you know, mirror, mirror. You know, what, yes. what we see in each other, that reflection that we admire, that's us in others. That's I am you, you are me. So, I reflect the same back to you. You're an incredible human being. Your spirit and your soul is very, very, very much what we need to have more awareness of in this world because we're focused on the wrong shit and we're creating a lot of chaos and pandemonium from it. So I like that you're you're stepping into your truth and your authentic self and saying, this is what I believe in. I'm going to share it and it doesn't matter whether you believe it or agree with it. It needs to be heard. That's courageous. And that is very, very admirable. So thank you for having me on your show. I am so grateful. I, I always love our conversations because I, I'm always smiling and laughing and just like, damn, he gets it. I, okay. I'm not alone <laughs> in this world. Yes, <laughs> I found yes. my tribe, you know, yes. your soul fam. You're my soul family, so I'm, I'm glad that, that we connected. Thank you, Candace. You're welcome. Thank you. And there it is. That was Candace Frazier. Make sure to check out her work. Make sure to check out her social media, her podcast, Reset Your Groove with Candace Frazier. Also, make sure to check us out on social media at the Juan on Juan podcast. Shoot me an email if you want to be on the show, if you have anything interesting, interesting to talk about. The Juan on Juan podcast at gmail.com. And again, like always, I really appreciate the feedback. If you could, please leave us a five-star review, hopefully. And if you don't want to leave us a five-star review, that's fine. I appreciate the good feedback, negative feedback, whatever feedback. 
Once again, thank you for your support and until next time.